Cast. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Welcome to Check My Oil. We're back. Presented by Missing the Point Podcast. I am here with the two usual co-hosts of this uproarious, wonderful occasion that is talking about an upcoming UFC pay-per-view. I've got Ben Peak, or professional mixed martial artist and current uh, asshole. I've got yeah. Wilcox, former reformed professional gambler and now current professional gambler. I'm really happy to, to be here with you guys to talk about the upcoming UFC 289 card. We've got some good pay-per-views coming up uh, to start the slate. It's going to be this one. Headlined, of course, by the greatest women's MMA fighter of all time, Amanda Nunez, uh, who has treated us some, to some spectacular knockouts in the women's division, not common in the women's division, but it is common when Amanda's involved. So we'll get to her, but we're going to start, as we always do, with the pre-prelims. Ben, Ben, you're, you're coming in live from uh, fucking Dune right now, right? I, uh, today is the day that uh, all of New York is uh, bathed in blood, apparently. You can't even go outside without chewing the air. How is it there? Things are rough over here today. Things aren't good, but, uh, but we're getting by. Minute by minute, hour by hour. Yeah. And uh, I think it's actually getting it's, worse minute by minute, hour by hour. Certainly, certainly. I, you know, it's, uh, I, I, I don't know. It's almost like the climate's changing or something. Someone should look into that. I'll tell you, you know, I saw Matt's uh, Instagram story, Matt, uh, of, of this parish. I saw your Instagram story this morning, very uh, full-throated advocacy of, of traffic reform in Boston. Ben is surviving wildfire smoke in New York. I got to tell you guys. Ah, it's just a Tuesday here in sunny Los Angeles. Yeah, as it turns uh, out, I'm trying to deal with one of Los Angeles's major downfalls. <laughs> I mean, I'm not doing well with that at all. Yeah, yeah, no, this place is a fucking hellhole. All right, let's get in to these karate matches. The very first fight, and I got to be honest, I didn't do a ton of uh, uh, phonetic reading up on what was going to happen to this to these names. So if I do butcher these names, I do apologize in advance. The apology is half-hearted. I, I don't feel that strongly about it, but um, you know, if you need it, you have it now. Nelson versus Builder. Now, you know, as we always like to talk about here on on Check My Oil, there's value in underdog bets in, in mixed martial arts because I feel like the uh, the Vegas lines are often weighed heavily by wins and losses, but there is a, a pretty big drop off in a lot of uh, talent pools that these guys exist in. That being said, this is not where I see underdog value i think that this guy builder he's never lost a fight uh i i knew his dad bob 
middle name the but he's he's never lost a fight and <laughs> what i did and i think you know uh, oftentimes a, a guy an undefeated guy comes into the ufc and he's still sort of an unknown quandary right like he's you, you, it's difficult to assess whether or not that aiden no is in as an, an inflated record like Khabib, or if if it's like a really solid, uh, you know, sort of undefeated streak that that this person is on, I you know he's got gold in another division, so I think that or in another promotion, I should say, so I think that should say something to you. And I think that Nelson's got maybe a chance to knock him out in the first round because there's questions about this guy Builder's chin, but I think if he doesn't take advantage of them of that early, I think he's fine. I would predict a decision win. I think it's a, this is a very early and easy way to anchor a parlay, Matt. Am I am I cray? No, I think I think what you're saying makes sense. Honestly, I I know I've I've watched Builder fight. I can't think of one time I've seen Nelson fight, and I just can't pinpoint like I can't remember the fight. It doesn't seem memorable to me. So what I did here in my evaluation is I looked these guys up and down, and I decided that Builder has a really really cool leg tattoo, but he stopped <laughs> right on his foot, which kind of makes him a bitch. So I'm gonna go Nelson. I'm going dog. <laughs> Matt's going for the dog based on tattoos. You know, Leah does that. My wife does that when she sees a tattoo uh, that she doesn't like before a fight. She says, ah, that guy's going to get his ass kicked. Um, Ben, as a a former professional, I'd like to pick your brain on this. If you saw a tattoo that was really lame, would you then be less scared of a guy? No, I uh, I made that mistake early on. Underestimating my He's actually got a story about this. I don't believe it. uh, Oh, my God. Well, actually, you got so that you, this this is when you guys will be able to recall my first ever uh, opponent. It, so, it you you should never underestimate your opponent, whatever, so on and so forth. They all say that shit, but it but it gets easy too when you see somebody. You see somebody who's a dork, real Ted Nevis, and it's kind of harder to notice that when uh, in any summer of like striking art, boxing, Muay Thai, whatever, people become more hard in that way, and their in their face look a little bit uh, toughened up. But you guys were both at my first ever Naga competition, if you recall, I and uh, I got smoked. I got smoked by a Ted Nevis. Like this absolute, <laughs> this absolute dork dude came in, like uh, big, thick, heavy glasses, uh, skinny looking, whatever guy. He was like, "Oh, I just lost my other division. Can I compete in this?" And uh, and he he took me down and uh, and and worked me immediately. I was like, "Shit, I was not expecting this." Um, you, you can't, uh, when it comes to MMA, when it comes to anything that's grappling, you, you don't get hard in the same way. You, you got to take it serious. You, you never know who it is. Yeah. They should think of some sort of like truism about that. Maybe to do with literature, like don't judge a novel by its spine or something along those lines. I'll leave that to the professionals, but I think, uh, I, th- I think that there's no way to really judge it. I mean, like, look at those memes about like. Justin Gaethje, like there's a goofy picture of Justin Gaethje rolling around where he's got like glasses on and he's got like a goofy smile. It's like, how do I explain to my, my friends that don't watch <laughs> MMA that this guy is like one of the best fighters on the planet, right? But yeah, I mean, it, it's difficult, honestly, when we're, when we're doing research for these shows and you're kind of deep in the pre-prelims. And if we're being honest, the pre-prelims of a card that maybe gave up some of its organs uh, to some other cards uh, coming up afterwards... You're you're looking at something where it's like, how did Vegas even really pick these lines, you know? So there might be some fucking value in the dog. I have been on this show kind of doubting the power of featherweights before. It's just I do have this thing stuck in my head where it's like, I don't really I don't really trust a featherweight to get a, a first round knockout like I would a a, a welterweight up um, or or even a lightweight up. So 
we'll see. I guess I, 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 I'm hesitant to really give hard advice on a betting line on this because I don't know a ton about these two guys, but I think it's going to be a good way to snap the show off. Uh, we, we're not doing the early prelims because there's two fucking fights. I don't know what they're even, what, just fold them in. Fold in cheese, David. Fold in the cheese. <laughs> um, okay, now I was talking to you guys earlier about how I'm not, I'm not really schooled on the pronunciations of these names, but Zahabi versus Quilang, I'm going to go with. And then we always end up watching the fucking thing and like the announcers have actually figured out how to pronounce their names. And I'm like, oh, that was wrong. It wasn't Quilang at all. It was Smith. But uh, I think this is a weird one for me, Matt. I'll start with you. This is a pick em on, on odds. I think it's a pick em from the eye test. Again, they're bantam weights. They're lower down on these on this prelim card. I'm not 100% sure I would bet on this. I, I think this has stay away written all over it. I don't really know what Sahabi is because he's like looking at his kind of activity or lack thereof over the last few years. He, has, he hasn't really been a consistent fighter. The UFC probably sees, still sees something in him, or maybe you know they they're keeping him to sort of fill out the roster, and, and, you know, keep it deep. I I'm I'm not privy to Dana White's decisions on these things, like who gets cut, who doesn't. I it, it's just, sometimes it feels like he's cutting really good talent. Sometimes he's feeling it feels like he's keeping tin cans, and maybe that's a matchmaking thing in order to like get guys wins. I don't know, but he he's fought some guys. He's fought Draco Rodriguez. He's fought Ricky Torqua. And I think that like he's he's a guy that seems to be able to move into decent competition. But on the topic of like things that shouldn't matter but do, the guy who he's fighting's nickname is the Mongolian Murderer. I like know. I would have a tough time betting against guy. <laughs> kind of scary. I'm gonna give it to the hometown boy here. We're, we're in Vancouver, first time in a long time. They tried to stack it with Canadians that I felt like had the advantage and i just like i see i see a record like 24 and 9 in sando and it just doesn't have that same vibe of like the dagestani guy you know who's three and one over there i'm i'm just not I, I'm, I'm gonna go with zahabi here i don't feel comfortable with it my smart brain tells me i'm not gonna bet on it my dumb brain had one of those that's cool that's news bet on this. i will absolutely bet on this yeah i mean fuck it you know it makes it more entertaining Ben, my question to you is, if your nickname is the Mongolian murderer, are you the Mongolian that does murders? Or do you murder only specifically Mongolians? Ooh. That's a fantastic question. Was it hyphenated? Yeah. Uh, what? Was it? Hyphenated. No, it's just the Mongolian murderer. The Man, Mongolian, gotta... the murderer, because he's Chinese. So, like, realistically, he could be either one. You know, he could be attacker or defender. And Man. chances are there's some blood in there from a, from a long-descended Mongolian, because if Mulan is any indication, there were a lot of them. I was just going to say we should pause this and watch both Mulans, and then we'll, we'll, we'll get back to these guys, because this isn't, you know... After we're done, are we going to get down to business? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, like, this is a fucking coin flip. Ben, what do you got? I think, uh, I think Sahabi doesn't really have the wrestling to get this done, to be honest, mm. man. I think... Uh, Hui Lang, and that's here we're going with here. Sure. Um, I think he's going to overwhelm him with volume. I think uh, he probably uh, takes the decision win here. Uh, I think uh, Zahabi, tough guy. He's got how many knockouts? Five of his last seven fights, something like that. But again, this is over like seven times in five years, something like that. Some crazy fight. I don't know. I, I don't think he, he's going to have the stuff to uh, to put away the hungrier fighter. I, I think uh, Hui Lang comes in and does it. I think I agree because like the whole hometown thing, like 
it depends on the hometown, you know, like I, I, I liked the bump. It might have given Masvidal fighting in Miami. I like when Brazilians are fighting in Brazil. I think that has like a like an impact, you know. I think yeah. if you're like George St. Pierre fighting in Canada, like or Conor McGregor fighting in Ireland, or you know, like the like these things are are a thing. I think if you're like an early prelim fighter fighting in Canada, I mean, look, I'm, that's not to say that I think Canada has some of the best knowledge base of mixed martial arts. I think this is going to be a great crowd. I really do. I think because of how big of a deal GSP became in that in that country, I, I think it's really elevated their mixed martial arts like IQ. And you can tell shitty crowds. We've had a couple in the past few few years, uh, not to name any names, but like Jacksonville, I'm fucking looking at you. <laughs> the, uh, these, I mean, these, these things matter, right? And I, and I think that a, a good crowd actually can influence fights. I mean, We've had conversations about how bad the judging is. We're, we're actually pr- slated to talk a little bit about that Kai France decision last weekend. But uh, I mean, fuck it. Let's do it now. I think, you know, the judging's so bad and the refereeing has been guilty of being bad, too. We've seen this. The crowd gets impatient because of ground grappling and it influences the referee. It influences the judges. Ben, over the course of your experience in mixed martial arts, in kickboxing, is it frustrating to try to fight in front of a crowd that doesn't understand what they're watching, that like just wants to watch a bare knuckle boxing match, essentially? Do you feel that? Do you hear that when you're in there at all? Or is it, does it just not? Have you tuned it out? You know, yeah. D- despite the length of my career, early on, I would say I didn't, uh, I wouldn't have heard it. I wouldn't have paid attention to it because you're so zoned into the task at hand. Uh, but even as uh, my career progressed, and uh, I became completely calm. I, 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 uh, I was much more aware of my surroundings. I still didn't pay that much attention to the crowd. But to be honest here, I fucking threw bangers, kid. So the crowd, <laughs> the, the crowd, like I was getting knocked out or knocking somebody out. So you've never cr- been knocked cr- out. You've never been knocked yeah, out. And it, so what? But you get the point. Like I, uh, the, it, you just, I, I went in there all the time and I was always down to fight. And P, I remember my, one of my last fights in Mound, Minnesota. No oh, way. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Mound, Minnesota. The only thing I had to eat during, when I was waiting in waves, I, I hated this where I was sitting in this fucking, uh, in this hotel in Mound, Minnesota, eating a can of, uh, sardines and, and, uh, an avocado. That's all I had before the way It was awful. And I'd sit in the room by myself wondering, when are you going to give it up, dude? Like, what? <laughs> like, haven't, haven't we had enough of that? Nobody's it's, even it's just, here. It's just too bad that that was at the end of your movie, like at the start of Creed when he's fighting in Mexico, like fighting. And it's just like, all right, well, at least it's the first 15 minutes of the movie. It sucks when it's yeah, the third yeah. act and you're eating yeah, sardines yeah. in a hotel. Yeah. Dude, sar- sardines in a fun- And I was like, nobody you even know is going to be here. What are you doing? And, uh, <laughs> but, but, but the crowd really had no clue. The other fighters who were on that card had no freaking clue what they were talking about. It was, Oh man, I still have some of them on Snapchat. Shout out to them out in South Dakota. This one kid, I don't mean to get sidetracked here. This one that fucking kid great. came up, came up to me uh, after weigh-ins. Me and my friend Brandall, who was also fighting on the card, and uh, he was from South Dakota. This kid was probably sixteen or seventeen years old. Looked like an absolute little boy, and just talked with a lot of confidence. Whatever. I was like, all right, I'll give you the time today. And he's and he's a, he's a roughneck. This sixteen-year-old kid working on oil rigs and shit already, and he was fighting on this card. But he, uh, for all his toughness, absolute total dipshit, dumbass, if you can imagine. And um, <laughs> the, the the whole card kind of had an air of that of people who have only watched it on TV. 
But man, I went out there and I fucking threw down. I said, this is how you do it, Mound, Minnesota. And, <laughs> uh, and, and the puke, and honestly, the crowd was losing. So I, uh, I never had that problem because I threw these bonds and you can quote me. <laughs> I think, uh, I think there's something to be said for Ben's experiences in these great places. I feel like I want to sit down with a tape recorder one day and, uh, just figure out like a great script that I could put together of, of like these movies. I already have the character of the 16 year old in my head, like talking to you about fucking his sister being like, why go down the, down the road when you go down the hall, buddy? <laughs> like I can just see. <laughs> shit. Dude, and I followed that kid on Snapchat for quite a while after that. And just seeing his stories of, you know, of meeting that kid, seeing him fight. And he was actually very tough. And then, uh, and then seeing him on like out in the middle of nowhere on this oil rig, fucking, uh, huffing it at, at such a young age like uh it's a big world out there i mean you get a lot of idiots and you uh, they all fight they there, all so. fight matt what are your feelings on uh, the current current process oh. of digging for oil in south dakota i mean sorry what are you what are your feelings on the judges uh from last week's event because i honestly i turned it off i i the the fight ended i watched the main event it was an okay card it wasn't anything spectacular but it was free I watched the I watched the card. I watched the main event, and I was like, "Okay, Kai Carfrons won that." And I turned it off, and I went to bed, and I, I started getting ready for bed. And the wife comes in and is like, "He lost." <laughs> it's like, wait, what? Like that's how sure I was that he'd won. So, what? Like, can you just talk for a minute to me about like how it makes sense that we're still using boxing scoring? How? Like, why? Like, this is this is somebody's fucking bag, dude. This is somebody's money. Like, you're fucking with his career, his rankings, his... He said this after the fact, his his rankings, his bank account. Like, I would be fucking furious, you know? I would need to call customer service. $100,000. That's how much Kai Car lost on Come that. Come on, man. So, I'm going to be honest. I, I want to be completely transparent here. I do have a bias thing going on here because I kind of uh, destroyed that card. I kind of bet every fight on a, on a hunch and a whim. And won almost every fight except for one. So I took all my winnings and put it on Kai Car because obviously France is going to win. And I, it's the the inconsistency. Wait, hold on a second. I I need to know something here. Are are we sure that his name is Kai Kara and his last name is France? I don't know. I thought it was his first name Kai was Kara Kai and his last name was Kara France. Kara France. Yeah, I, I think he I, married somebody from France, and that's why no. he hyphenated. I watched sure. a few interviews and it kind of varies. It's not, I don't think Daryl can sense, but it, it's one thing that we have this like amorphous goal that judges are looking for. It's, it's, it seems almost like unattainable. Like you shouldn't be punished in a five round fight for going the distance. Like that's, it's amazing that you made it that far. It shouldn't be like a, well, we're just going to close our eyes and flip a fucking coin now because every judge was looking for something different in the bout. This judge was more focused on damage. This judge was more focused on control of the octagon. This judge, I don't know what the fuck he was looking at because the fourth round was Kaikar France all day long. Yeah, I can't believe somebody gave him the fourth round. That's fucking crazy. That's unbelievable. And you know, it's you hear it from these under like these these smaller you know fight leagues where they have open scoring, and it's like if Kaikar France knew that one of those judges fucked that up and he lost that fourth round with one judge, don't you think the fifth round would have looked a lot different? You went to bed. Yes. He kind of he he won the fifth round, but he didn't push the pace. He didn't right. punch him. It's like he clearly could have because uh, Albazi had nothing left. He was all dead. It's just really upsetting that I feel like it keeps happening. Every other event, we're seeing a, a fighter be punished for not closing a fight. And that's not how this works. 
It's not, not every fight's supposed to be a knockout. Not every fight's supposed to be a submission. Sometimes these guys are matched perfectly and they go the distance. Sometimes they're too light to knock each other. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's really fucking frustrating that we just can't get a clean, this is what judges are looking for. This is what you have to be doing. Or if we're not going to do that, show the fighters what the score is. Let them adjust their game. Yeah. I mean, open yeah, score you know, is an idea. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt there. Yeah, how it's, fucking it is, dare you, It is honestly. crazy to me. I want yeah, my 250 bucks back, sorry. Right. <laughs> I, uh, I think it's crazy how antiquated judging is, and they're they're holding on to this. Kind of, I, I'm not sure what it is like that, oh, they got the best seat in the house, which they truly don't anymore. They don't. Like, that, that, that is very much a thing of the past. What I think needs to happen is some form of automation where they have these, like, compu whatever box thing where they tell you this is the amount of strike they, and they tell you that right after the round on television they don't have access it's, to that information like there's no there's no access to like you get the the thing on the on the tv that's like significant strike numbers like they don't have that right like, why why decides what a significant strike is like who who asked the fighter which one hurt more? Are you kidding me? Why? Because it looked bad. Well, again, the- I mean, I I really think all this shit comes down comes back to the fact that we we're basing so much of this shit on boxing because in boxing you you're doing one thing you're either you're either missing, hitting, or getting blocked essentially, right? Like there's some there's some sort of like halfway ones where it's like it could go either way, whatever. But that's a significant strike. It's a strike that lands right now in this sport. And the other thing, to go back to the boxing thing, the other thing is you got 12, 15, 10, 12, 15 rounds to judge on, right? So you're going, he got this. It makes sense to go round by round because you're going, he got this, he got this, he got this. In MMA, you got three or five fucking rounds, right? Three rounds. Uh, Eliminate round scoring would be my first thing to do. Secondly, the 10-8 system, got to go. Thirdly, put him in a room with a bunch of monitors. And like one of the monitors has no coverage, like no... No commentary, no graphics, no nothing, just the fight. One of the monitors has the graphics on it. One of them has this. Thirdly, fourthly, or I don't know what I'm at now, 12 of them, 15 of them, not three, 15 fucking judges, right? And like, then you can have majority wins and it doesn't matter, right? Because it's like, we need a consensus. We can't have one idiot ruin somebody's fucking career, right? So make it a jury, you know? It's like, no more judges, juries now, right? Right. I mean, and and have them was, have them know what the fuck they're doing, like, like some of these guys you see, and it's like, why? How how did you get this job? Like, and also we say this about other sports when we talk about referees and stuff. It's like there, there's got to be accountability. Like some sort of stick a microphone in their face afterwards and ask them why they did this shit. You know why they judged it the way that they had to, that they judged it. Even if you want to block out their face or something and make them anonymous so they don't get like fucking assassinated, that's fine. But you gotta yeah. explain. You gotta explain. Why did we all see this? But you said this, like, at least tell us. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Right. There's nothing worse than than seeing somebody with a job where they're allowed to egregiously fuck up. Because if I egregiously fuck up my job, like there's consequences. So it's, it's like, like it's like the weatherman before there was real meteorology. It's just like, oh, good. It's like the weatherman now. 
What's meteorology? He fucking made that shit up. That's, they're like, it's not going to rain tomorrow. Rains. That's astrology. It's the same. I don't, I don't trust ologies. That's why I never go to a doctor. All right. I just want to take this one second to shout out USA Muay Thai here because uh, I last time I was cornering, I cornered for USA Muay Thai in Arizona when I was living in LA. And uh, they showed on the television right in front of everybody who won each round. And so then you're like, okay, fuck. We're behind, whether or not you agree with it or disagree with it, now you're like, okay, you can't get on your bike it's the, here. It's the case. It's time, yeah. it's time to yeah. go. Yeah. No, that is the fucking way. create a better product too? Like, isn't that? It would. It would. Nobody's coasting in the fifth round. You know what I mean? Like, and then it creates that tension. Like, what if you're doing what Ben's talking about, that open scoring system, it creates that tension of like the other side of the coin. Oh, I'm ahead. Oh, I'm ahead. I'm winning. Let me take my fucking foot off the gas. The other guy knows he's not. He's coming for you. The dynamic of the fight changes in the last round then, you know? Whatever. Absolutely. Um, Fucking Dana White. They're never going to, they're never going to get it right. And then Dana White talks to, uh, talks to what is it, Carl France after the fight. And he's like, yeah, I thought you had it too. Like, hey, fuck stick. It's your product. That they're I know. Like, <laughs> I know. Like, There's nothing I can do about that. Sorry. <laughs> maybe, maybe one less fucking Friday where you eat a waffle and how about you go fix the fucking, make a universal uh, commission or something. Like, yeah, dude, I, I really cannot stand it. I can't I, wait for that guy to be gone. Guys, guys, if he hears this, the only person who's going to suffer is his wife. So, like, let's be careful. What, he slaps like a bitch. <laughs> he owns the slap league. Dude, he I, came I can't some stand snacks. that shit, dude. I cannot that stand crazy. that shit. I can't, I can't stand how much he was like, like, don't wear it. Dude, just wear that yeah. it's like this shitty, gross product that you wanted to own because you're a sick fuck. Don't be like, the slap league is coming up and it's going to be so much better. He's like turned all of his attention to the slap league. Like, yeah. dude, like TikTok has shown this video six billion times. It's like, yeah, we didn't ask for it. It just popped. Well, because I think he owns the slap league is my theory. He doesn't own the UFC anymore. Like no. when the, when the, uh, yeah, yeah. whatever their oh, names were, the Fertitas fucking, the Duffer brothers or whatever fucking sold their stake to Zufa. Zufa owns it now, and he's just employed as the CEO. So well, like, I, don't I think bet it's the Zufa slap anymore. or like wh whoever the fuck they sold Endeavor. it to. Yeah, Endeavor. WME. Yeah, sure. But he's just an employee, is my point, that you're yeah. fucking derailing. Um, all right, moving on. Just fucking, why don't you see the forest through the fucking trees, man? All right, I'm not, a, I'm not their fucking corporate lawyer. I, just, I don't know their fucking <laughs> names. <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> well, who's fighting next? Miranda Maverick <laughs> and Jasmine Jazadavicious. They're flyweights. Uh, they're flyweights. I don't, I don't, I don't know the women's weight. No, no, we've we've watched we've watched. Uh, Miranda. No, I know these women. I just know that I get confused because I know that there's like two weight classes in the women's divisions, and there's one that's big girls and one that's not so big girls. Well, let's see. We get fly straw. Feather? Are you talking to your FBI agent right now? <laughs> Sounds like. There's a flyweight, straw weight. Yeah, but which which one is really heavy of those two though, right? No, there's featherweight too. Featherweights, there's 145 in, in the women's division, which like I think only Amanda Nunez fights at. I think she, it's just her punching herself. <laughs> um, Jasa Davicius is uh, is big and slow. Um, I think that she it like maybe maybe Maverick can be elusive and and follow that, but she's also like not super smart from what i've i've looked at yeah, she's um dummy. she's got good takedown defense 
I don't know what's going to happen here. I, I'm probably going to go with Vegas. I'd say Maverick, but I, you know, anything. Can, I also just watched Top Gun Maverick for the second time on the plane um, on the way back from Hawaii. And uh, that's how you're supposed to say, it, by the way, Melbourne. Um, it's uh, it was it was just as good the second time, if not better, because I don't know. Have you guys ever had an experience where if you watch a movie on a plane, it's like more poignant for some reason? Course. Is it the air? I don't know. I, I, um, I think I think it's the 15 gin and tonics I have. <laughs> it's the booze. It's the booze and the fear of death. Uh, I don't know. What do you got for this, Matt? What do you got for these two? Dude, I, kind of, ladies? I think the line's fucked on this. I don't like plus 250. I, it makes me want to go to Jason Venus. She's home. She's from Vancouver, right? I. That's a bad line. That's a really, really high line. Okay. Might throw If I lose the first couple of fights, this is one of those where even though I think Maverick's a better fighter, uh, I would probably throw a little bit of money and try and make some back on Jason Vitas. You're just making up names now. Jason Vitas. Jason Way in here, man. You know more Brazilians than we do. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I don't know how to say the name. Um, but uh, but I, I think this is a pretty bad matchup for uh, Jason Division. <laughs> and uh <laughs> guy we're doing it. <laughs> yeah yeah i uh i just think to, to your point i think she's too big and slow um i think she won't be able to keep up with maverick on the feet um well you and, know maverick's uh, built for speed baby that's right baby <laughs> and uh and i think she's just completely outclassed uh with, with her wrestling ability um i think we see maverick take this to a decision win oh a decision win on a female fight really whoa, brave, whoa, whoa, really brave I mean, yeah, yeah 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 no I'm, I'm, I, know I'm 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 I know i'm stuck i know i'm stepping out here but I feel good about two this. female fighters go to a decision in an unprecedented turn of events. A turn up for the books. I would I would go so far as to say thirteen total punches landed, fifty seven take offended. This is what this is the one where they they're gonna go back into the archives if we ever. But, you know yeah, this is one for the shitty card that they put on. Come yeah. on, we're just what to two ninety folks. That's all but, we're doing. But I will say I'm gonna buy it and I'm gonna bet on it and I'm gonna watch it. But I'm excited to talk about Chris Curtis because I have some I have some thoughts. I want to um, hear them. Is he still crying or are the tissues are the eyes dry? It's or? funny, man, because that was what I was going to say. Like, I don't think I've ever had somebody whose like personality matches or clashes so directly with their fighting style to make me like love and hate them at the same time. I really like how he fights. Like, I think he's a super crisp boxer. I think it's. Fewer and farther between than you would imagine in the UFC for guys to be able to make reads across a fight at his level. Like he starts to figure shit out in like mid fight that is very impressive. And I feel like there should be more guys that are able to do that. I mean, I'll let Ben speak on that after, but I think, I think that like now I, I do think he's going to lose this fight to a mob of. I, I do because I think that he's able to sort of figure out volume guys because like they throw a lot of punches and a mob of is like a very selective, like snipery type of striker. I also think Chris Curtis. What's that? Are they fighting at catchweight? Middleweights. I thought they're both. They both weighed in at one eighty-five. I thought. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Go on. Um. But yeah, just like fucking ruin the podcast, man. I don't know. Like, what the fuck? (laughs) Just kidding, everybody. We're we're we have fun here. Um. No, my point is, uh, I I think he's getting too good at losing. You know, I think he's on a little bit of like a like a snowball effect of losing. Um. I thought he beat Kevin Gaslam. I I was. A little biased because I'd bet on him. But I really did think he beat Kevin Gaslam. I thought that it was clear that he won that fight. And, you know, we've done our conversation about judging already. But 
Um, I think Imam Bob's too too much for him. Um, I I don't think there's any value in an underdog bet for Curtis. I think that he's gonna his strengths are gonna be canceled out by Imavov's strengths. Um, like making those reads, like I said. But I again, I do think he's a really crisp boxer. He's an asshole, and he's uh like you know his best friend is Sean Strickland, who is a fucking asshole. So it's like the fucking asshole brigade over there. Um, it's it's like the fucking third Ghostbusters movie over there. But like. The there, you know, I, I still do like watching. So um, my point overall being that I do still think he's going to lose. Ben, your ability to make reads during a fight was always really good. I thought I thought your like adjustment ability was always one of the best things about your your fight style. The you got to be somewhat of a smart guy to be able to do that. Right. Like you're, you're not just like a, a face fighter or fighting on instinct to go in there. I'm not sure how smart of a guy Chris Curtis is. He's not an idiot, but. Um, is that is that a quality that you like when you see it in other fighters? And and do you agree with me about him? I, I think it's one of the most important things that you can that you can have as a fighter is your ability to adapt. So so many guys that you see end up coming in with a solid game plan. They've got a coach down for a game plan, so on and so forth. Um, it doesn't work, and then they're just they stuck panic. with it. Yeah. yeah, or they they don't know they don't know what else to do. Which I think we saw happen with uh, Imabov against Strickland. Um, he really did run out of ideas against him. And I think he ended up just kind of hunting for the knockout for the majority of that fight. Um, I, I think your ability to read the fight, see what your opponent has brought, what new tricks, what, what new habits they picked up and, uh, and, uh, and execute on that. Um, I think that separates head and shoulders, the best guys from the worst guys. Um, because of that, I think, uh, I think in, in, in a case like this, Kurt, Curtis would uh, win here. Um, I, I'd like to see him win. I think he had he starts slow, and that could probably that may be a problem for him against somebody like Imabov. Who, but that's why he does. starts slow, right? I think he has a reliance on the on his ability to sort of a not get knocked out and stay in a fight and sort of make these reads, right? And I just don't yeah. think Imabov's going to give him that. Is my just take on it. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess we'll see. Um, I think you're wrong, so fuck you. <laughs> Uh, Matt, any, any, um, any, any value in this plus one twenty five as, as at the time of recording for Chris Curtis, action man. Curtis? Yeah, I, I, so uh, here's a couple of things. One, I think that we saw Imogov literally run out of ideas for Strickland after Strickland has just come off of like a really embarrassing loss. Um, and we all hate Strickland. So in turn, we don't love Curtis. Uh, I love watching Chris Curtis fight. I do agree that he got robbed in the Gasson fight. Like he took an illegal shot that completely changed the whole thing. Yeah, the and... headbutt, the clash of heads. That's what I was trying to remember. Something happened. Yeah. Clash yeah. of heads, right? Uh, and it didn't get but... caught, which is such like that's just a failure by the fucking referee. Also, why can't we just just use instant replay? Like somebody just sitting in a booth going, like, hang on a second, just they clashed heads, just fucking pause the fight for a second. It, why, what's the big deal? There's six hundred fucking cameras. We all saw it. Why can't we just uh, it yeah, it's fine. I'm fine. <laughs> um, here's my thing though Curtis really went on a tear 
he uh, he pretty much cried his little eyes out about that result um, for. I mean, he does he, have weirdly little eyes. He does have very little eyes. I if if I'm Chris Curtis and I think he's an immensely talented fighter, and I'm going to react like that to a to a fight that I I lost, and I'm coming out, he better fucking win this fight. You yeah. do not act like that and then come and get embarrassed. But that's, I, think, I don't think he's that dude. He's, you don't think he's that dude? I don't think he's that dude. This is gonna be one, bud. I, can't I mean, wait. we've been having we've been having Izzy that dude conversations, obviously, for the past you know few months because of the, the Celtics. Um, oh yeah, and like the obvious <laughs> the obvious answer that we got there. But I I don't know. I we'll see. I I do agree though. I think this is kind of a make or break for Curtis. Maybe not so much for Imavov. I think that like the way Curtis positions himself within the organization, if he gets beat here, it's it's bad. Oh, I think yeah. above can like hang around and be a, be a, a guy that fights decent up and coming middleweights for a while. I don't see him ever getting a, a real title shot at this. No, weight I class. Just, look who's at the top of it. I I don't see it, but um, yeah. It's for the fans know this is one of those fights where me and Dave are on opposite ends of a close one. So Dave will be texting me constantly throughout the fight about how my guy's losing and how I'm not winning at life. He likes to throw jabs on top of the fact he's like, Oh, <laughs> that's awful. Plus, uh, you know, you're a fucking idiot. Um, so a little bit more witty than that, sir. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I respond because I'm not as good at it. Um, so I'm really getting for Curtis here. Um, I feel like Chris Curtis is built like a welterweight too. Did he ever fight a welterweight? I feel like he's built like one. He should just I, fight. So I have, I have Imavov weighing in at 194 on on my phone. Oh, are they really fighting a catchweight? Yeah. Or just well, I'm not sure. I I didn't say so. But they haven't done the weigh-ins yet. It's fucking. They haven't done the weigh-ins, but. What are you talking about? I don't, I don't. See, you really are an idiot. This is what this is what I'm talking about. <laughs> Jesus yeah, yeah, fucking dude. Christ. He's got you down to a T, bud. <laughs> verbal. See, I'm already being. Wait, what are you talking about? Did he tweet about weighing on his bathroom oh. scale today? What the fuck? Oh, ESPN has him at 194. ESPN has him at 194. Like walking around. What? What does that have to do with anything? Oh, that no, they don't know what they're walking around. At. I don't he's, know. He's gonna like sweat a little and take a few shits away in 185 on Friday. Anyway, whatever. It doesn't matter. I'm now. I'm angry. Mark Andre Barrios, who sounds like he should be an F1 driver. Barrios, 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 in French. <laughs> Make sure to put a caption in there. Last in French. Um, Eric Anders, I fucking hate this guy. Here's why: one of my early adopted fighters that made me lose a bunch of money. This motherfucker, I I saw one thing about him, and I I, I would love it if you could guess one fact about this guy. That made me want to bet on him every single fucking time. And then I would forget that he like lost me money before. And he would go into a fight and there was always the same little factoid that they tell you about him. Matt, can you guess what it is? I don't know. What is it? He went to the University of Alabama and he oh. played sports there. Right. Oh. And I was like, oh, he's like a fucking D1 athlete. Like, athlete. whatever's happening. If I didn't know the name of the guy he was fighting, I thought that that was going to edge it every single time. But here's the problem. Mixed martial arts, guys. And this is a lesson. And I'm going to have Ben speak on this, too. Our other friend, Alex, we would always argue. He would say the stupidest shit. You know, he'd be like, oh, if Ray Lewis went in there just on athleticism, even if he didn't know what he was doing, just on athleticism, he would win a fight with any of the best guys at his weight. It's completely fucking ludicrous, right? It's, it's absurd. We just saw this true Jordy guy who's admittedly a big dude talking about how he's got so much weight on Conor McGregor that he would just like pick him up and throw him. And it's like, dude, I'm sorry. Like, you don't like Conor McGregor. Cool. Like, lots of people don't. Like, he, he weighs a lot less than you. I agree. He will choke you unconscious. Like, it, there's no question about it, right? There's, he, he's practiced at this. The problem is, I've noticed 
if you're really athletic, you rely on that. And if you rely on that, right, because it's your instinct, you've been doing it your whole life, you've been faster, stronger, bigger, whatever it is, you put yourself in a position where you're like, I'll just explode out of this, right? Everybody's got a limited reserve of energy, first of all. Secondly, that's a really good way to hurt yourself. And thirdly, if you're doing it the wrong way, the guy on top and the guy on top of you knows that he's just going to keep you there or fucking put you to sleep or whatever happens in the given situation. So Ben, you were athletic, right? You were an athletic fighter. You're explosive. But I don't know if that was ever really what you relied on, right? It's not like you came from a background of playing fucking football at like a really high level or something. It was like you had strength and speed and size and stuff, but I'm sure you came up against guys, at least in the gym, that were like, I'm fucking strong. And I would just love to hear how that goes. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I uh, I never, re- I considered myself athletic, but I was always very skinny. And I remember coming up uh, when I when I was in my early teens and training as always the smaller guy. I was always small. And a great example of this was how I got my first job bouncing at Irish Times when I used to train with the head of security, um, guys named Steve. Head of security at Irish Times. He was everybody's guy. everybody that's a head of security, by the way, in Massachusetts. Their name is Steve. Just so Steve you guys, that's Jake. a thing. Yeah, yeah. But sorry, go the, ahead. Uh, no, no. And uh, big, big, enormous guy. Very strong bodybuilder. Whatever. Um, trained jujitsu with him. Um, but none of that's none of that stuff translates if uh, if skills aren't needed. It, it, it doesn't matter. It it's funny because I I've gone on and I've trained with lots of very very athletic people who are coming in for the first time. And what my, what training for an elongated period does to me, it doesn't, I don't always necessarily have to rely on my, like I'm super skilled because these athletic guys rush at you like a train. What it does for me is it makes me more durable in the right ways. So guys come in, they hit you like a freight train. It doesn't matter because I know how to fall. I know how to roll with it. I know that they've got about 30 seconds of this. And, uh, and it's fun. Like, um, like what, what Alex said, this and that, I, uh, I, I really don't want to dig too much into, into that because again, it's like, you know, I, uh, I, I think, I think, I think, I think that, you know, you get a mixed bag of guys who like know that they're athletic, but don't really make, they're not assholes, about it. but then you get an even larger bag of people who are athletic bodybuilders, whatever, and they are assholes about it. So, <laughs> it you like. That there have been so many, so many times through, like just throughout my my career, where I've seen these huge guys come in. I I remember every time I tell a story like this, I think about this guy who came in and literally, literally said he was undefeated in street fights. Like the, like <laughs> the stupid fucking thing that somebody says in a gym, and uh, you could just watch him move. All I have to do is watch you move for about ten seconds when you first get on the mats, and I'm like, oh, dude, you are about to get butt fucked. Come on. And uh, it's like, it's like, it, it, it literally is just let, let me, let me watch the way you, your, your feet move. Let me see how you fall. Let me see all these things. And, I, and, uh, and no, be, being, being athletic, if the skill is equal, a big, strong athletic person, that that's going to be very important. And it does then translate, but you have to be able to apply the skill with that strength. You can't just run at somebody with all your all your size and strength and think that you're going to knock them, hold them down because that's what you end up seeing with a lot of these guys is they bum rush you. They try to push you up against a corner or something because they don't know what they're doing. I don't know what they're doing. I'm like, what the fuck are we doing here? Like, where, where does this, where does this go next? But, uh, nothing comes of it. I'm durable in that, in, in that situation. I can, I can, 
hold your weight here. I'm, I'm just going to wait for you to make a stupid fucking mistake. I'm going to trip you. It, uh, none of that stuff ever, ever translates if there is no skill. Sorry, There's, that's it. I can't remember who, who, I think it's Rashad Evans, who they were, this was a topic of conversation when Greg Hardy uh, made his uh, infamous debut in the UFC, where people were oh, saying- he just got oh, knocked out again really embarrassingly in a boxing he, match. He'd love to see it. Greg Hardy, he was the guy who like beat the shit out of his wife and oh, got drummed out of the best, NFL. One of the best defensive ends for probably three years. In yeah, the he was NFL. an all-pro. He was an all-pro. Could not make the transfer. Uh, Tai Tuivasa embarrassed him. That was like, that was brutal. But I think it was Rashad Evans. I'm not sure who it was, but what he said is there's different types of being in shape. There's basketball, there's NBA level in shape, there's NFL level in shape, and then there's wrestling shape. And those two guys have no fucking idea what it's like to be in wrestling shape. And if you've ever wrestled with somebody that knows what they're doing, like Ben, when we have no idea what we're doing, it is scary, first of all. It's suffocating because you can't breathe. And it is exhausting because the pressure is constant. Yeah, you get tired immediately. Anybody tired that's like, Ray Lewis runs 10 yards and hits somebody, so he knows he'd be great. Like, you're an idiot. Like, you have yeah. no context. Why don't you tell me the difference between Cantonese and Mandarin, too? Like, you have no idea what you're talking about. Okay, well, don't ask These me that. These are premier athletes. It's not like it used to be where guys are coming off the street and getting their ass kicked. They're premier athletes. Their endurance is high. They're I saw someone say something. Uh, I forget who said this, but it was some clip I watched or, or something that, uh, so apologies if I'm not giving the right credit, but it was essentially like, if you want to learn how to win like 90% of street fights, if that's all you really want to do, like you don't need to like, you know, compete or, you know, what, do it every day or whatever. If you want to just learn that is if you learn how to defend people throwing punches and you get in decent cardio shape, you can win like 90% of street fights because you can just wait for most people to just gas themselves out. Like they just start throwing punches and you just wait and you just block for a little bit and like you yeah, and you just keep calm. And then you go like, okay, and then you can beat the fuck out of them. And I feel like that's pretty salient, to be honest, because I feel like the amount of street fights I've seen of, of untrained people probably rivals the amount of trained fights that I've seen in my life. And I think they get tired. <laughs> like That's what happens like most of the time. They fall on the ground and then it's like, all right, guys, break it up. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's not to say as much as Eric Anders did spark this conversation, spark it a conversation. I think that he... Is my, from not this. I think he's a trained fighter. Like he fights at the UFC level. Um, but I do think Burial is going to beat him. I think he's more complete. Um, I like his. I like his resume more. Um, I think this is a no brainer of a bet. I, I I don't think Eric Anders has a chance in this fight. I I hate the fact that he's only minus that he's minus one fifty or or plus one twenty five or whatever it is. I think it it would be great if we had a little bit more value on this. Um, but yeah, I unless anybody thinks differently, I'm going to move on to Danny Egan and Nate Landwehr. Maybe even go with him uh, to finish it before it ends, maybe. Ah, man, you're going to give me a fucking method of victory bet oh, to, to bet and lose immediately. <laughs> um, Danny Ige. Uh, he's a weird guy. You know, I, he lost three straight. Then he fucking knocked Damon Jackson unconscious. I, I think he's got a, a hell of a, of a punch in him. Um, I think he's a good fighter, but he's a, maybe a good fighter from a bygone era. Um, I, I like him. I think he's... How are we going to win this fight? But if there's any value in any underdog bet so far, I think it's Landwehr, Matt. I completely agree. Nate Landwehr, anybody that's ever watched him fight or heard him speak, he's one of the dumbest fighters in the UFC. But man, oh man, he's an excellent, excellent wrestler. He's really, really good at jiu-jitsu. So if if uh, if he doesn't take him down, or yeah, I'm sorry, if, if Landwehr takes him down, it's going to be a real problem. 
Ben? Yeah, I'm going with Dan Ege on this one just because he's been around for a long time. I like him. He's been in some wars. Um, I think, uh, I think to your point, maybe he's just not, uh, not going to be here for much longer. Part, part of a, uh, an older class of fighters, but, um, I think it'll be exciting regardless. So, uh, I wish you the best. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. There you go. That's nice. <laughs> we'll, send, we'll, send that, we'll send that his way. Um, but I do, I do think there's some value in this bet, but it's not... It's a hard one to kind of analyze, to be honest, but um, we'll see. Oh, oh my God. The next guy's name is Mike Mallet. Are Dude, I was going to bring it up. I was going to bring it up. I was going to bring it up. Stop, stop, stop. Pretend like we didn't just I cut this part because I got a whole thing. I'm not going to cut this. Go ahead. Do your whole thing. I no. thought of this too. I have a whole thing too. You go first. It's oh, just, Jesus. you know, we're on home court. You know, it's like where he went to high school, right? Um, I just, I really have this strong feeling that Mike Mallett is going to get some serious, serious redemption here. Full of a home crowd. I think he's going to right a wrong. Um, I think he's going to survive. I think he's going to thrive here. I think he's going to live. And I'm giving, I'm going to put a massive, massive bet on Mike Mallett to not get knocked out here. Okay. You know what? I'm just going to tell the story. So, we're in high school. No, no. We're, we're in high school. Right? As you're training, I'd say no. There's yeah, uh, that. Dude, a... don't. Please don't. No, I, I'm telling it. <laughs> <laughs> this is the, the listeners are very confused. I got to give them context. We're in high school, and somebody, somebody with a very similar name to this, I won't say what it is, but it's very similar to this, is, uh, so... is, is, is transferred to our school, right? And Ben and I. Um, Ben, for good reason, and me through, uh, you know, popular brain thinking manipulation, um, had developed something of a reputation in the high school. And uh, for whatever reason, I don't really know why we got mixed up with this kid, but this was back in the day that um, you got uh, you, you got most of your information through like instant messenger. Like everybody still had AIM, right? So I think this is where we learned that for whatever reason, I, maybe we were fucking with him, Ben. I have no idea. Matt went to a, the, the fancy private school down the street, if you guys can't tell by how we all talk. <laughs> but he went to the fancy private school down the street. Me and Ben were in the fucking public school jungle. And we got a message from someone. <laughs> we got a message from someone that said Mike Mallet. Oh, I mean, someone with a very similar no, name to Mike Mallet, right? Is going to come into school tomorrow and shoot you and Ben. Or Ben and you, depending on who they were talking to. And we were like, now, as adults, I feel like it'd be like, oh, that's a very serious allegation. We should really address this with like, uh, you know, some. Uh, we should really, you know, think about this seriously. But at the time, we were like, let's fucking see. So Ben and I go and find this kid like early in the day. And we go, hey, Mike, what? I mean, hey, hey, sir, with a very similar name to the spider. We're like, hey, buddy, what's what gives? I heard you're going to fucking shoot us. And I shit you guys not. He reaches into his pocket. Ben and I look at each other like, we have miscalculated. Well, fuck. 
<laughs> and I know this is a true story. This this is exactly how it happened. He pulls his hand out of his pocket and he has made his fingers into a shooting gun shape. And he goes, oh, wow. To us. And honestly, that was so fucking weird that we just sort of left. <laughs> we were like, okay. We kind of never fucked with him again. Honestly, we, well, okay. Well, no. In, oh, yeah. Actually, now that I'm remembering it, I was going to say, I was going to say, gonna we tell didn't that have part any story. Yeah. I was going to say we didn't, but yeah, we, okay. Yeah. I guess we did. Sorry, oh, man. Like, I don't know. I don't know shit about these two. Um, doing charity work and taking care of homeless puppies. What are you guys doing? Mike. Uh, Matt wasn't Mike, here for I, you. Um, Mike, but I listen, he's fighting it. a guy named Adam. Fuck it. Fuck it. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I'm honestly cheering for Mike because I own one. So, well, Matt, what do you got? You know, on a serious level, Mike Mouth is an excellent fighter. I, I think he's, uh, I think he's the, the number one contender. He's, uh, he's fighting in his home, in his, his native land of Canada. I just heard an interview with him today. He's a real weird guy. He's got um, some of the best coaches in Canada all on his side, but he also has a, a mentalist coach that like keeps his mind clear, who also works with like top CEOs. Talk professional athletes and NHL players, obviously, because it's Canada. Um, I really Mentalist. do think Mentalist. Mike, yeah, yeah, I've seen the show. And you know, what? I haven't, but I, I really I do. Mike Mouth's gonna you know, really take this one home. Um, Ben, who you got? I feel like it's uh, really fucked up if you don't, if you don't like, yeah, Mike. yeah, you got it, Mike. I you got my support 100%, bud. Uh, can anyway, we move on? I'd bet him inside the distance, honestly. I think he's gonna get the guy. Yeah, I agree. I can agree. All right. The most is, the most interesting fight on the card. Um, you know, you do a podcast with guys you've known a long time. Like, shit, this oh, comes up. I'm not saying we were the best people in the world when we were fucking seven. Oh. All right, who was? Uh, it's just too bad that you guys didn't get better, and I did. Um, the you know, just as a person. Um, but here's the thing: this is the most exciting fight on the card. The next fight, uh, Benil Dariush uh, against Charlie Charles Dubronx. Oliveira. Um, Oliveira has a rabid fan base at this point. I, I, I think his his uh, rise, his streak, um, the kind of guys that he fought um, and the ways that he put them away, like all these kind of Babe Ruth, let him throw two strikes before I crack one out of the fucking park moves that he was doing um where you just couldn't like he had that dog in him, you know, and they and it's like then you start reading about like how they how they train down there and like. You see the video of what his favela look like when he was a kid and all this shit. And it's like, what's not to like? What's not to like about him, right? Um, I think the performance against Islam was like so disappointing, though, that it really did kill his stock uh, in a way that like it was surprising to me, considering how high the stock was. It's weird he didn't get the immediate rematch, but it was a pretty definitive loss. I think that's probably why. I think that is pretty usually why the UFC does this. But I think this is a chance of redemption because he does fight killers and Dariush is a fucking killer. Like he is a certified fucking killer. He's really good. His last fight was a really good knockout. I do forget he exists a lot because he kind of reminds me of like a history teacher or something. And I, I there's something about him as a person that is like incredibly unmemorable. <laughs> I'm not really sure why. And it's not fair, um, but he really does look like he just parked his like Ford Focus in the you know, the faculty parking lot and he's walking in and he's going to teach you about biology. And I just like, I don't know. I know he's a dangerous man, but I got to bet Oliveira on this one. I I'm riding with Charlie. And guess what? More money comes in on Dariush every day that I look. 
the fucking odds are going in Charlie's favor every day. I mean, our favor if we bet him and win, I should say, because he's becoming more of a more of an underdog as we go. Man, Charlie again, Dubronx, he's coming back, right? Dude, I I have to one hundred percent agree with you. I think I'm so relieved. It's so weird because Darius is such a good fighter, but he just gets overlooked so easily. And Charles Oliveira was just asked about his last fight against Islam, and he said he didn't even rewatch it because that wasn't him in the ring. And what we said. After no, that no, fight. it was, it was, it was him. We should tell yeah, it was him. Yeah, I just, there's video. Well, lost in translation thing. He's um, like, I wasn't in there. I never lost. <laughs> wasn't he, even me. Like, it was the Oliveira that like lost nine. Five. It was like the old Charles Oliveira before he figured out his game. It was really awful. Yeah, I am pretty positive here that if Charles doesn't just try and stand and bang with Darius, if he does what he knows, what we all know he can do which is get the rear naked choke in that Charles is going to be right back in the spot where he deserves, which is a number one contender spot. I mean, yeah. look, look at his resume. I mean, it's unbelievable. Dustin Poirier's like, that was the, that was the best night. We had so much fun watching that fight. That was amazing. Yeah. I really, really love Charles Oliveira. It's a, uh, I hope he fixes it here. Ben, you got that shoot box theory though, right? Like you can't take that many punches. Like they hit each other yeah. too hard in training, and like you know, that's why I like I think not to guess what you're gonna say, but I I was thinking I was hearing your voice in my head when I was thinking about this fight today, where it's like, yeah, maybe like maybe that wasn't him, maybe that was a one off, or maybe that chin finally just like fully gave away, you know, finally just like it's just that one fight where it's like it clicks and it's bad timing, but it is what it is. Is that fair? Yeah, I I, I think you're spot on with that one, and uh, it. And this is this is kind of uh, in line with the theory that Matt's uh, personal hero Donald Trump once brought up that uh, <laughs> you you uh, no no Matt Matt it's just the outfit that's why we thought that I'm sorry it's we we know that you don't think that yeah but uh, Matt again Matt's personal you hero posted Donald a lot Trump. of stuff about golf today you posted a, a lot of stuff about golf today like a lot of golf related yeah stuff. there was a lot of golf news Saudi Arabia is ruining the world. Well, if you're talking a lot about golf and a lot about Saudi Arabia, like you probably are a MAGA guy. Like well, that's usually. Just by the way, Trump's a huge fan of what happened, and here I am fucking posting. I see. I, as not a Donald Trump, Trump supporter, I wouldn't know what his feelings are on it either way. But I'm glad that as, we have you here to weigh in. Well, <laughs> yeah. So I don't mean. I again, I didn't mean to start a whole thing there. But as Matt's personal hero, Donald Trump once said, "I would. Um, yes, you, I would. This is You." You only have like a, a certain amount of energy in your body or something like that. Once you expend it, it's gone or something. Um, I think that lines up here. Um, what Matt's personal hero, Donald Trump, has once said that uh, that if you are if you are uh, in a shoebox academy, you, you, your, your chin, you, you can't heal your chin. Um, right. I, I mean, maybe if you're knocked out once, you really do need to take off a lot of time and come back. But if you're in there in the hard wars all the time, um, man, that drains you. And uh, your longevity is uh, it is certainly um, shortened. Uh, I don't know. Um, I, uh, I I remember back when we used to do some real, real hard rounds at uh, at CGR coming up in uh, in the boxing amateurs. You would uh, I would leave there feeling like I was grueling some days and. Um, it affects you later on, man. And there, there, there's certain, there's no way around it. I think, um, I think Dariush is 
is a uh, is a tough guy. Um, I think he's great, a great fighter. I don't think he's ever fought anybody like. Uh, it's weird, Charlie. right? Like if you like, he's gotten some really good wins, but if you look at his resume, it's like it's not Charles's resume. I think that's what matters. Yes, yeah. it's like Charles's resume is crazy. Gates, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Chandler. Yeah. All right. Well, um, what's nice the... about what? Sorry, I hate Donald Trump. Yeah, yeah. No, we know that was why. That's yeah, yeah. That's what comedy is, man. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> If you like Donald Trump, we wouldn't have been laughing. Guys, know that when we put these podcasts out, TikTok loves to make fun of me. Let's just not open me up. No, it was just like that one video about Charles Oliveira. This is completely different. This is a this is gonna be a video about Charles Oliveira. Was about Charles Oliveira. Um, but the really nice thing about this uh, card is, and the fact that we're running a little long on time, um, is that Amanda Nunez is gonna wipe the floor with the lady that she's fighting. And yeah. you don't think so, Matt? You don't think so? Well, Nope, Team Lobo. Give me another. Oh, right. Somebody learned her name. That's great. Um, it's gonna be a nice palate cleanser after the real main event. I will. I will really appreciate it coming up as one more little bonus fight. Um, but I don't yeah, have yeah. anything to say about it. I think it'd be really dumb to bet, bet against Amanda in this fight. I'm gonna bet against Amanda. Uh, I don't think Amanda's hard saying it anymore. I think she's all done. I think she wants to move on from the sport. She's completely wiped the slate clean with her boxing coat with her coaches. She's got a new boxing coach, new wrestling coach. Um, she's completely away from top team now. Uh, and Aldana is from this. I, I, I think they're... she's still on the top team, man. Okay, so <laughs> I'm pretty sure okay. she's still okay. on the top team. No, she's, she has none of their coaches. None of their coaches anymore. Okay. Uh, you, you missed what I was trying to say there. That's looking at, oh, I get oh. <laughs> Nice. Dave, nice. Nice. Uh, Aldana's coming from, did anyone think Rasta was going to take Shevchenko? No, same gym, same trainers. I really think we can see something here. I think we can see the end of of uh did you just did you just say I, did, did anyone think grasso was gonna beat chevchenko would i fucking texted you guys and i was like i have a hunch i should put all my winnings on grasso and you talked me out of it and then she fucking did, won yeah did, i fucking did yeah uh, all right i think she would that was <laughs> well well in that case um all right gentlemen well this has been a lot of fun um we've we've, we've laughed we've cried uh we've reminisced about our time together as uh young um, pubescent uh stallions rollicking through the fields of our youth and uh, I really appreciate you guys taking the time to talk about USC 289. This has been, and always will be, Check My Oath. Are you passionate about saving the planet for future generations? Do you want to learn how to do it? If yes, then you need to tune in to the Nature Back podcast. It's a talk show covering the changing world around us. From renewable energy, sustainable agriculture, circular economy, to ESG and social innovation. Don't miss this opportunity to discover how you can join the movement and make a difference. Subscribe to the Nature Back podcast today on your favorite platform and get ready to be amazed. Electric acid. Welcome to the Candle Power Hour. Come with us backstage, behind the scenes of show business spanning over four decades and bringing you the experiences that can only be told by the people who were there. Our guests are from the A-list, the F-list, and everyone in between. Get set for some of the most insane, hilarious, and inspiring stories you will ever hear. I'm Mercury. And I'm Diego. Your host for the, the Candle, Candle Power, Power Hour. Hour. Electric acid.